Hello and welcome. My name is Kate. I'm a holistic counsellor. I'm a Reiki practitioner and I'm an Ayurvedic wellness ambassador. And I'm on a mission. I'm looking to rediscover simplicity in a world that seems to get way too damn complicated. So buckle up, come along for the ride. We are going to slow down, scale back and work out how we can shine our authenticity onto a world that needs it so badly. Let's go. So before we go ahead and get started, I just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land I'm recording on, which here in Adelaide, um, I'm on Ghana land, proudly on Ghana land, uh, white Australia has a black history. So I pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging, and I honour and acknowledge their deep relationship with the land that we're so lucky to be on today. Hi lovers, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again for episode three. Three episodes already, I can't believe it. And this is where I'm doing like a part two of my first ever episode, The Crumbling is Where the Healing Begins. And this time around, I'm really going to dive into the physical aspects of my healing, right? And how I really overhauled Uh, how I was eating, how I was moving my body, my stress levels, and really found so much love in a holistic lifestyle and a holistic perspective on my health and what that kind of looked like for me and just how much it truly changed my life to make me so much healthier, so much happier, and so much more at home in my body. So I hope you can take something from it. Obviously, everybody's body is different. That is the beauty of a holistic perspective, right, is that it's individual. So take what I say with a grain of salt. What works for me may not work for you. We have two different bodies. We're going to dive into the power of plants and how much plants can really help you take care of your body when you're eating a predominantly plant-based diet. We're going to dive into Ayurveda, how I discovered Ayurveda and how that philosophy really, really helped me expand and expand my wellness rather than looking at wellness from this kind of restrictive mindset that we see so often in Western society and can be so, so damaging. We're going to explore movement for my body, what that kind of looked like, how I found yoga and Pilates and how this kind of helped me rebuild strength in myself. Yes, physically, but I guess also mentally as well. So stick around. Let's dive into it. I can't wait to talk about this with you and hopefully show you that there is another way that we're not meant to just be here surviving. We're meant to be thriving and it can be in such an expansive, loving, nurturing way that we can find this sort of wellness. And it is it doesn't have to be restrictive. It doesn't have to be hateful. It doesn't have to be labeled. And I just really want to reshape that perspective for you because it was so life-changing for me. So let's get stuck in. So to give some context, or I guess like a, a comparative point to show you really the difference that this kind of holistic wellness has made in my life, we need a starting point, right? So where did I start? For me, I guess it was my early 20s. 
I was working retail management and that involved long freaking days, 10 hour days, 12 hour days, sometimes longer on my feet. We had to wear stilettos and stockings for a lot of these roles that I was in. So it was just so rough on the body. I would get to the shop to open. I generally wouldn't have time for breakfast. I didn't prioritize breakfast. Wasn't hungry in the morning anyway, which is never a good sign. I would generally start my day with a coffee and then you're just thrown into the day. It's such a fast paced, intense environment. The other thing with retail as well is that when you're working in shops like that, your time is not really in your control. You're basing your time and when you can go and eat over whether there's customers inside the store or not. So if there's customers in the store, particularly if you're working by yourself, which I was a lot of the time, you can't just leave to go pee or to go and grab a snack if you're hungry or to refill your water bottle. You're totally in the power of customers and you have to wait for a quiet period to be able to go and do that, which is incredibly unhealthy. So generally I would have my coffee, no breakfast, we start the day, go, 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 go. You have lunch when you have time to have lunch. Often that wasn't until like three o'clock for me and I would be starving obviously. So I would inhale something. No mindful eating here. I would just inhale it. Usually, sometimes it was just like in a change room, literally. We had no like back room or lunch room or anything. So you're just on your feet, just inhale a burrito and straight back into it. And then you would close up, have to do the whole closing routine. And I wouldn't get home until late. If I was working late nights where we would have like VIP nights and we would serve champagne and it was really like a party for VIP customers, they would stay super duper late. I would not close up the shop sometimes until like 10 o'clock at night. And then I would go home. I wouldn't get home until like 11, 11.30 because it was a huge commute. By then, it's like I'm not even hungry. And then also I can't wind down because I'm still so buzzing from it being so busy, so hectic, like just a heaving shop floor. There's people everywhere and you're just busting your ass, right? So I wouldn't eat dinner. I would struggle to go to sleep. I wouldn't sleep until sometimes like 1 a.m. And then it was up at 6. Off we go again, straight back to the store, open time, coffee, no breakfast, lunch at 3. Rinse repeat. Sounds good, right? That sounds definitely like um, some pillars of health happening right there. The thing is at the time, I guess I didn't really know any better. So I, I, would, I don't think I would say that I felt terribly unwell, but I also think I was just so used to that. I didn't often get super hungry. I, my appetite was all over the place. I was either just kind of nauseous as my baseline um, or starving and then I would eat really really fast and like kind of like almost like binge eat because it would be so long between meals for me at one stage I was so stressed that my hair was falling out but I was so out of touch with my body and with my stress levels that it didn't occur to me that I was that stressed like my hair started falling out in chunks I would wash it or brush it just chunks would fall out went to the doctor and they're like oh you're stressed. This is a high stress level. Like you're, you're very, very stressed. And they gave me actually a doctor's certificate and asked me to take a week off. And I was like, <laughs> don't know if you've ever worked retail, but that just wasn't an option at that time. I would have lost my job. I was incredibly underweight. I've always been petite. I'm naturally a petite person. I was also very young, like 21, 22, 23. So you know, before second puberty hits for a lot of women. So I was quite slim naturally, but I was 
like I should not have been that skinny, but I just was not eating because I was so stressed and you just don't have the capacity to eat in those roles. They basically starve you, which is crazy, (laughs) absolutely crazy. So from there it hit 2019, obviously I went through a very traumatic breakup, which I dive into in episode one. So if you haven't listened to that, I would suggest you cycle back to that and listen to that for a bit of context to know what we're talking about here. But I had to restart my whole life over. I found somewhere for myself to live and I was living alone. So then it was like when I'm cooking, right, I'm only cooking for myself. It was the first time ever, really, that I went to cook and I was like, I can just make something just for me and just something that that I like. And that's kind of where I naturally started to eat less meat. I kind of naturally, without even thinking about it, totally cut out red meat. I had never enjoyed red meat personally. For me, that is my tastes. I never felt great after eating it. It just wasn't for me. Um, so naturally, I just kind of stopped eating it and it felt really good. I was eating mainly white meat at that time, like chicken, turkey, fish, and a lot of plants. And I felt really good. And, you know, a lot of these changes that I slowly and naturally made, like they kind of happened by accident and they were all kind of interconnected. So again, in episode one, I talked a lot about my discovery of ritual and how healing that was for me during such a low point in my life where I was really at rock bottom. I really found solace in in cooking, in cooking for myself. And it was a way of showing up for myself and taking care of myself. And I found ritual in going to the farmer's markets as well. I lived near the farmer's market that had a little unit. And I just loved that on a Sunday every week, I would go down to the markets, I would get a coffee, and I would just buy random fresh produce. Through kind of finding that ritual by accident, I was eating a lot more plants, I was eating seasonally, I was eating organic. It was really the first time I'd even thought about something like that. And this is really when my perspective on food changed because I would look through a cookbook or something, I would find a recipe, I would write down the ingredients I needed, then I would go to the farmer's market to buy the ingredients for what I wanted to cook. And a lot of times the ingredients I had written down weren't available. And originally, I think I found it kind of annoying and I was like, I'm going to have to go to Coles on the way home because they don't have what I need. And then slowly it was this realization of, oh, they don't have what I need because this market is stocking what is grown locally in South Australia. So if it's not here, it means it's not seasonal. It hasn't been able to be grown here in our soil at this current time period. And instead, I'm going and buying it when it's been imported from somewhere else where it is seasonal there. And something about that just didn't seem quite right to me. It's like it just unlocked this whole new perspective and this whole new relationship with food. And it was like I was connecting to the story of food for the first time. Something that is so, I think, integral to humans and how we've been socially and biologically for so, so, so long. And it's only really recently that our connection to food and where our food comes from and the story behind our food, that's really only been taken away pretty recently in human history, right? Where we've been removed from how was this food made? Where was it grown? Who made it? What are their story? Um, You know, has it been made ethically? The people that made this, have they been taken care of? Are they being paid well? Is it a fair exchange, right? 
So suddenly when I'm at the farmer's market and I'm chatting with the people that are selling me the food that they have grown, that they have made, and they're so proud of it and they just love the community and they love what they're offering, it makes so much sense. So yes, it costs more, I suppose, to shop at a farmer's market. And of course, there's an inherent privilege that comes with being able to afford that which I'd like to say at the outset, you know, I'm so grateful that I can do that, that I do have one locally to me, that I do have this option available for me. Um, And it's a real shame that that's no longer something that's just so accessible to our communities. But yes, it's more expensive. However, for me, there's a couple of things I noticed straight off the bat when I was buying this seasonal and organic produce. And the first thing was it was lasting so much longer. So I could buy a bag of spinach from Coles for two bucks, pretty cheap, right? But within, sometimes within a day, two days, it's gone bad in my fridge and I'm just chucking the whole thing in the bin. Whereas when I'm buying greens from the farmer's markets, they're lasting upwards of two weeks, sometimes three weeks. So that was amazing to me. And the flavor difference, the flavor difference was amazing. I remember cutting into carrots and cutting into potatoes and juice coming out of them onto my chopping board and thinking, I've never seen that. Normally you cut it and yeah, it stains your cutting board a little bit, but this was like so juicy, so much flavor, so much goodness in there, really bleeding out over that chopping board. And I had never seen that in my life, which is crazy. (laughs) And this in itself too, really simplified my cooking. I went from thinking that to make a good meal, you've got to use a billion complicated ingredients and do the whole razzle dazzle, And I realized, no, I can make a pasta with tomatoes from the farmer's market, fresh basil, and maybe some like locally bought cheese that's been made here in South Australia. And it tastes amazing. It is so fresh. I can taste the individual flavors. I can taste the basil. I can taste the tomato. It's not just all blending together. You only need a few simple, good quality ingredients to make a good meal. And that in itself is costing less than if I were to go and buy a whole bunch of ingredients from Coles or Woolies, right? So to me, it was the obvious choice. So from here, I was feeling really good. I was eating so many more fresh seasonal plants. I really was noticing the difference in my energy levels. First up, I felt that particularly as a woman with our fluctuating hormones throughout the day, I felt that I was either super amped up or exhausted most of the time. But I noticed eating much, uh, many more plants that my energy levels seemed to be more stable. So they kind of kept at a relatively the same level throughout the whole day rather than those real peaks and troughs. I didn't feel bloated after eating. I felt still really fresh and good. So I was really noticing all these amazing benefits for me personally and how this was affecting me and affecting my digestion, my skin, my hair, my nails, just It was fantastic, so much so that I thought, right, I'm going to go vegan. And multiple times I tried to just cut out all animal products and go vegan. And then I would feel awful. (laughs) I would feel so bad. It would just go totally the other way. And I'd think, oh, gosh, what's going on? So then I would incorporate some fish, some milk, some cheese from time to time, and then slowly taper off again try and go completely vegan again. And the same thing would happen. I was like, what is going on? I just, I can't seem to get this to work for me, but I'm noticing all these benefits from eating a a more plant-based diet. So why is just 
cutting out all animal products and going vegan not working for me. And this is where I really dove more into Ayurveda and reading about Ayurveda and looking at Ayurvedic recipes. And I really loved this idea that nothing was off the table. There were no foods that I, quote unquote, could not eat. It wasn't like a labeled diet, like a vegan diet or a keto diet or I don't know, one of those crazy carnivore diets. No offense if you're someone that's into that, not my cup of tea. You do you. Everyone is different. But what I loved about Ayurveda was that it was not restrictive. It didn't have a restrictive philosophy. It was so expansive. And the whole philosophy about like, behind it and the idea of Ayurveda is that there's balance in everything. This idea of being able to create balance in everything. That like creates like and opposites bring balance. So you can eat something that perhaps doesn't align greatly with your composition and maybe doesn't make you feel great. You can still have that. You can have a little treat. You absolutely can do that. Enjoy your life. Have whatever it is that you perhaps enjoy eating, but maybe it doesn't make you feel so great. And the way that you can still enjoy that in moderation is that you can balance it out with the opposing food, the opposing energetic food is the idea of Ayurveda, right? So if you really want to eat something spicy with chili, you'll just love the idea of this like chili sausage pasta. You read it on the menu, you think, oh, that sounds so, so good. But you know that chili maybe doesn't sit that well with you. You don't usually react very well to chili. Perhaps it's not the best food for you. You can still have the chili pasta, but maybe you're going to have a mint tea afterwards or later in the day, or maybe you're going to put some fresh mint on the pasta, maybe you're going to serve it with a little bit of coconut yogurt, something cooling. So then you're opposing that heat of the chili with the cooling mint, coconut, whatever it may be. And it's this idea that it brings balance and cancels each other out, right? Whereas if I eat the, the chili pasta and then I go and have a ginger tea or I go and sit in a sauna or something, <laughs> like increases like. So I'm hot, 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 hot. And you're going to find a lot of like heating issues in your health. So Ayurveda is a very complicated science in that the medicine itself can be complicated, but the underlying philosophy is incredibly simple, incredibly sustainable. Anybody can adapt it into their lifestyle, no matter what your lifestyle looks like, and it can work for you because it's not telling you that you can never have anything. It's not putting anything on a total no-no list. And that in itself is healthy because we need to be able to enjoy things. We need to be able to have a little bit of wiggle room in our routines, right? So that idea just resonated with me so, so much and I loved it. And that's why to this day, I often get asked if I'm vegan or if I'm vegetarian. I have never labeled myself any of those things, even before I discovered Ayurveda. And the reason was that I didn't want to feel guilty if I eventually, for whatever reason, on one day, felt like I wanted to eat a little bit of meat. I didn't want the guilt and the shame that sort of comes with that. I didn't want, you know, people being like, oh, I thought you were vegan and now you're having a little bit of prosciutto on a, on a party platter. I didn't want that regimented label for me personally. It didn't align with me. Whereas Ayurveda is not restrictive, is not that kind of black or white label. And I just loved that. I really loved it. So I started following this Ayurvedic philosophy myself. I found that it was really working for my 
body. Um, however, at this time, I was still incredibly depressed. I was really, really struggling with my mental health and I just could not seem to pull myself out of this pit that I was in. So my GP at the time prescribed me some antidepressants. I think they actually were technically an anti-anxiety medication, but they can be used as an antidepressant as well. And from the outset, I have a holistic perspective, which means there's no way that I'm going to be shitting on medication, right? Like Western modern medicine medication. It absolutely has its place. It absolutely has its place. And that's the whole idea of a holistic perspective, right? Is that everybody is different. Our lives are different at different stages. We need different types of support at different times to really be thriving. And at that time, I needed the antidepressants and they just pulled me out of this pit so that I could kind of see the opening of light and then I could do those last few steps myself and do those actionable lifestyle changes myself. You can't do the actionable lifestyle changes if you're in such a low place that you're struggling to even get out of bed, right? I really needed that that help. However, common side effect of lots of medications, I gained weight incredibly quickly. I gained something like 10 kilos, maybe even a little bit more over a very short period, like two months, which was, I mean, obviously wild. I think any really rapid change in your body type is quite difficult to deal with. None of my clothes fit me anymore. I was just feeling really just not connected to my body. I just was really not loving it. Uh, they made me so sleepy. I was exhausted. They really knocked me out. Um, so I was kind of like a zombie. They made me starving hungry, which probably contributed to the weight gain, I guess. Um, so yeah, obviously it's individual. Speak to your own GP. I'm by no means a medical expert in that regard. However, it got to a point where I felt like it had served the support it needed to serve. And I was like, I'm done. I need, I want to get off these because I'm not loving the, the physical side effects that they were giving me. They've served their purpose, time to go, which I did. And then I tried to go to a gym. Wow, did not align with me personally. <laughs> I love seeing gym girlies. I wish I was a gym girly in some ways, but it just wasn't for me. I felt I've always loved classes and I felt like I, I needed a class experience. I wanted the guidance. I wanted to mentally check out and just have someone lead me in a class rather than trying to like navigate random machines and work out what the hell I was doing. It was just all a bit much. So I rediscovered yoga. That felt great. I discovered mat Pilates. That felt great. I was still in this era, like I spoke about in our first ever episode, where I was really just trying so many different things because I was really on this mission to recreate my life and to work out who the hell I even was and who it was I wanted to be. And maybe that was someone that did Pilates. Maybe it's someone that does boxing. Maybe it's someone that does yoga. Maybe it's this or that. So I was trying so many different classes and really loved that. I really, really loved it. I adored yoga the most, also really loved Pilates. I loved how strong it was making me, particularly after working retail for so long, where I really struggled with core strength and had a lot of like back pain. I found yoga and Pilates was really rebuilding that strength in a way that I guess kind of synced with my lifestyle and was a little bit more lower impact, all of that kind of thing. 
So from here, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, I feel like I've got my nourishment and how I'm fueling my body down pat. Like, I love this Ayurvedic lifestyle. I love eating more plant-based. That's really aligning. I'm loving my yoga and Pilates. And I was doing boxing at that time too. That's really aligning. But I just kept getting sick. I was getting colds, viruses, flus. It just felt like one after the other. I was getting a lot of like, um, the best way I can describe it is almost like just visible inflammation, things like rashes, eczema, which I had never had in my life, all of that kind of thing flaring up. I had rashes like on the insides of my thighs. I had like my lymph nodes swelling up. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) It's so frustrating, I think, when you're doing all the quotation marks right things and you're getting sick. You're like, what the heck? What do you want from me, body? I'm out here doing everything I'm meant to be doing and I'm still getting sick. Like, what the... It was so frustrating and I was so over it. And yes, I kept going to doctors. Wow. I mean, like I said, definitely a place in this world for Western medicine. Definitely grateful to have it. Definitely grateful to live in Australia where we have, you know, a very good healthcare system and we have things like bulk billing. I don't have to go into incredible debt to just go to the doctor. I am grateful to have that. However, I also think there's a lot wrong with our medical system, with our perspective, with how we go about it. So I had been to doctor after doctor. They would just give me antivirals, which would make me feel so sick and nauseous. Like I couldn't even eat for like a week while I was on them or antibiotics or steroid cream. Everything was a Band-Aid solution that either made the issue worse in the long run, right? Like steroid cream for, I was getting eczema on my eyelids. Sure. Use steroid cream. It'll clear it right up. However, as soon as you stop using the steroid cream, it will come back. Also, what they may or may not tell you is that putting steroid cream on your skin, the more you use it, it's actually weakening your skin. And your eyelid skin is already incredibly delicate and incredibly thin. So personally, I can't believe that they gave me so many prescriptions to keep putting steroid cream on my eyelids without ever mentioning that to me. But I'm, you know, I'm actually not surprised. That really summarizes my experience with GPs, to be quite frank. So everything was a Band-Aid solution. I was always rushed. I never felt listened to. They were always so late. I would have to sit and wait for like up to an hour. It was just never a positive experience. So the last GP appointment I went to, it was an hour and 20 minutes late. I was there waiting for so long. I went in. The woman was incredibly rude. She wasn't listening to me, kept interrupting me and talking over me. And then she was like, oh, I can't remember what we prescribed for that. Googled it in front of me. I was like, sick, could have done that at home. (laughs) Saved myself 60 bucks and an hour, 20 minute wait. Gave me the prescription and flogged me off basically. And I was like, cool, can't believe I just wasted my time. I thought, well, I'll at least you know, get the prescription filled, I guess, went to go to the pharmacy inside the doctor's clinic and it had closed because the doctor had been so late that it had then gone past the closing time for the pharmacy and I was just so freaking pissed and over it. I swore then, I was like, I will never come back to at least this GP ever again. I was like, I'm so done. And that night I went home, Googled naturopaths, booked in with one in my area. I had never been to a naturopath in my life, didn't know too much about naturopathy, naturopathy, 
how do you say that? Would love to know. Probably said it wrong. Anywho's, didn't really know anything about it, but I was like, at this stage, honestly, I'll try anything. Like, I'm just so freaking done. So my appointment with the naturopath comes up. I have no idea what to expect. I'm just like, whatever, we'll just go in and see what happens. In I went. First of all, you book an initial consultation, but then you have to book two follow-up appointments. So they won't really just see an initial client just once, which is actually great, right? Because I go, it was over an hour. I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes or something long appointment. She was on time. I was not left waiting. In I went. It was a whole hour and I answered so many questions about so many aspects of my life, how I was living, the issues I was having, um, what an average day looked like to me, what I was putting into my body, the job I had, et cetera, et cetera. It was so thorough. And then from there, I came back to have some blood work done and we went through the blood work to have a proper look at what might have been going on for me. I was given like ideas for things to cook. I was given herbal medicines. It was just the most thorough. It was just amazing. I honestly came home and cried because I felt so listened to. I felt like she genuinely cared about the issues I was having. And I felt like she was taking control and being like, we're going to get to the bottom of this and we're going to sort out the root cause of the issue and how we can stop this happening rather than you having to keep coming back and just having this Band-Aid solution slapped on for it to pop up again in two months, right? So it was like, okay, let's work out how we can get you back on track, get you thriving and get your body working with you properly again. And it was just so refreshing. I just couldn't believe it. I just loved the experience. And I think, was it expensive? Yeah, sure. It wasn't cheap. However, if you like, if you look at how much they're diving into, so much work that she was doing for me and getting the bloods and like my whole patient history. Absolutely, it was worth the money. Absolutely, it was worth the money, especially when ongoing. Now, I barely see her. I'm, I miss her. Wish I could book in with her. But because my health has been addressed at the root cause of the problem, it's really only maintenance now. So I go back maybe once a year, touch base, see what's going on and go from there. It's cheaper in the long run than going to a GP every two months to work out what's going on. So this leads me to semi-recently, right? This would have been maybe 2021. I was still loving Ayurveda and I felt like I wanted a professional's opinion from an Ayurvedic perspective on my health. I loved my naturopath. I felt like I was doing a lot of great work myself, but Ayurveda is such a thorough medicine. People that study Ayurveda, it's like a full medicine degree, right? So there's only so much that I myself can really read about on Google. I was like, no, I want a professional opinion. I want that other perspective. It just really aligned with me. So I booked in with an Ayurvedic practitioner and absolutely loved that as well. And again, the bang for your buck, that sounds like a super Aussie Bogan saying, but it's the best way I can describe it. I was given you know, a whole individualized treatment plan, lists of foods that were best for me, treatments, herbs, so much support, um, such a holistic perspective. I absolutely adore my Ayurvedic practitioner. Again, I recommend her to, to everyone and it just immediately up-leveled my health again, having that extra perspective there and that extra support for me. 
So I was just loving life <laughs> at this stage. I loved it so much. I also just learned so much more about Ayurveda from her and her her perspective and obviously her skill set. So much so that I ended up enrolling in an Ayurveda course to be an Ayurvedic wellness ambassador through Port Elliot Wellness. So, and I completed that that course. Absolutely loved it so that I could not only kind of bring that information into my own life and really be able to deep dive into it, but so that I can offer that kind of guidance to others as well. And I just loved that. It was such a fantastic experience. So not only was this helping my health, but it also ended up being a passion of mine and it ended up being something that was going to really be an emphasis in my business, which I wouldn't, you wouldn't have, there's no way if in 2019 you told me depressed at rock bottom working retail, if you were like, hey, you're actually going to be having your own business, you're going to have a podcast, you're going to be a Reiki healer, you're going to be an Ayurveda consultant, you're going to be doing so many amazing things, you're going to basically learn, you're going to be a yoga teacher soon. How freaking cool is that? I just, I would have had no idea. No idea. I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? What's Ayurveda? That sounds like some woo-woo shit. (laughs) And that really leads me to where I am now, I guess my most recent experience and why I was reminded so much why I just really embody this idea of preventative medicine rather than just slapping on a Band-Aid solution and just treating the symptom and just such a black and white perspective that Western medicine has is that I wanted to go off hormonal birth control. So I had a marina, I had it for a very long time and it was great. I loved it. If you want stress-free birth control where you just do not have to worry about a thing get a marina I had a great experience with it it served me at that time however I felt in my personal opinion because it is my body that I did not want to be on the marina anymore I didn't want to be on hormonal birth control anymore I've been on hormonal birth control since I was 16 more than 10 years at that point So I was like, I want to give my body a break. I want to know what it's like to have a period again. I want to understand my cycle. You just learn. I didn't learn anything about that at school. (laughs) No way. I'm really only learning about female hormones and our cycles and just how, I guess, firstly, amazing they are and how empowering it can be to live in a way that's aligned with your cycle. Um, But even just understanding the science of it, I had no idea. And I really wanted to learn. So I was like, get this thing out of me. I want to go au naturel. I thought, no stress, right? You just go to the doctor and say, hey, can you take this thing out of my body? Uh, No, not that simple. Oh my gosh, this woman was acting like, I honestly thought maybe she had my files confused and she thought I was like a teenager there without my mom or something I was like you realize I'm nearly 30 years old right (laughs) like what she acted like I was insane it was just so bizarre she was asking so many questions about why I wanted to do it and when I just said I just don't want to be on hormonal birth control anymore I want to have a break from it I've been on it for too long I just want to understand my natural cycle again and she was like getting so triggered I was like why are you so like personally invested in my in my birth control it's so freaking weird and she's like oh well hormonal birth control doesn't actually suppress anything which first of all 
What do you mean? Yes, it does. That's literally how it works. That is literally how it works. So either you, a doctor with a bachelor in medicine that took you like eight years to get, is incorrect about that, which is disturbing, or you're lying to me, which is disturbing. Either way, freaking weird. So she was banging on about how it's not suppressing anything, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, whatever, I still want it out. So let's, let's go. Let's yeet this thing out of me, please. Um, and she started asking me about what other birth control options I was considering. It was just so bizarre and such an invasion of my privacy. I was like, what birth control options will I be using? I mean, that sounds like a conversation I'll be having with my partner, to be quite frank. Why would I be talking about it with you? <laughs> like, what? It was truly bizarre. <laughs> And she point blank basically refused to remove it. She refused to remove it. She was like, oh, no, you've got to have a pap smear first. No idea why. It was just totally weird. I had to come back for another appointment. She never rang me about my pap smear results. It was just an absolute nightmare. I couldn't believe it. I was trying to call her for the results so then I could book in to have it removed, which is what I wanted to do originally. She was impossible to contact, did not call me back. I was like, oh, my God fuck this, like what a waste of time and a waste of my money. And I booked in um, actually at Shine SA. I don't know if they're a national organization. I will check that and I'll put it, I'll put a link in the show notes regardless, but they're actually like a sexual health clinic. They do sexual health counseling and all that other kind of jazz. I was like, surely this place is going to be a little bit more open-minded because that was bizarre. And yes, I went much better experience. She was so informed about how you can track your cycle naturally. She gave me so much information. It was amazing. And so I came off birth control for the first time in 10 plus years. And I didn't just do that willy nilly. I had been in discussions with my naturopath and with my Ayurvedic practitioner leading up to it to work out how I can best support my body to deal with this you know, quite a big change in hormones and change in my body. They were amazing. We worked out the kind of herbal support and whatnot I would need leading up to it and then as it happened. And it was just a totally fuss-free experience. I came off of it, no problem. So often you hear that women come off hormonal birth control and they either don't get a period for like a year or they bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed and don't stop bleeding for weeks. I had nothing like that. And I truly believe it's because I provided my body with holistic support prior to it happening. I set, I set myself up for success and I just wish that more women knew how to do that and were empowered to do that and weren't just given these like just such limited options from their GPs. And yeah, it was just really shocking to me that in Australia in 2023, I'm going to be told what I can and can't do with my own body in a doctor's office. Not today, Satan. You are shopping in the wrong friggin' aisle. I am as feminist as they come and you will not tell me what I'm doing with my body. Thank you so much. But hey, even though that was a frustrating experience, it was just such a validation in my decisions to seek another way to support my health and to really look after myself holistically and to engage with holistic practitioners and have a variety of perspectives. I'm not saying never see your GP. I'm saying see your GP, but also look into seeing a naturopath. 
look into seeing an Ayurvedic practitioner, explore other perspectives because it's through all those different perspectives that you're really getting that well-rounded, person-centered care. And that lands us here in the timeline, present day. And you know what? Health has become such a huge value for me because it's the foundation of everything, right? It's really hard to scale back your life and live simply if you feel like shit. It's just as simple as that, no pun intended. So now this is something that is incredibly important to me and something that I want to communicate to this community, to my community, and is something that I'm doing a lot of work on in terms of my study, especially doing my counselling degree, where that perspective is incredibly important to me. And that is how I want to practice. That is how I want to empower you to take charge of your own life and to look at every aspect of yourself and how you can best make all those different parts thrive. So I'm really excited to be able to bring something that's so important to me and has been so beneficial for me and for thousands of people for thousands and thousands and thousands of years all over, um, you know, the eastern side of the world, right? Being able to bring that to this community is so special to me. And so keep an eye out on my offers. I have so many exciting plans. My little Vata brain is like thinking of all the amazing things that I can bring to you because I want this type of knowledge and this philosophy and this perspective and these tools to be as accessible as possible for the masses. (laughs) What's a better way of saying for the masses? So I sound less like Donald Trump. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for joining me again. This has been such an enjoyable episode for me. I freaking, I could talk about this shit all day, all damn day. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for chatting with me. If you have any questions, if there's anything that you're like, oh, I really want to learn more about that. Ayurveda really resonated with me. Yoga really resonated with me. Eating more plant-based really resonated with me. And I don't know where to start. Hit me up. Message me on Instagram at simplifiedbykate or you can email me hello at simplifiedbykate.com and I would love to connect with you and offer any guidance that I can. Also, have I got news for you? And this is the perfect friggin' episode for this. My cookbook is out on Wednesday, November 1, and it has so much goodness in there. Not just recipes. There are plenty of recipes in there, mind you, but not just that. Tips and tricks on how you can bring this kind of philosophy into your cooking easily and make it sustainable. I really make it achievable for you in this book. And it is just bursting at the seams with tips, tricks, recipes. I've got breakfast recipes, lunch recipes, dinner recipes, product recommendations. I've even made you a meal planning template to make it as easy as possible for you. There's so much in there. It is such great value. It's available on the 1st of November. Jump in. Order that when you're ready. If you'd like to be on the wait list, again, message me or email me and then I can make sure you are the first to know when it's ready to go. That's it from me. See you all next week.